But as we go into today, as we've talked over the past few weeks about this this idea of, of surrender, a couple weeks ago we talked about surrendering our will um, and how Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he surrendered his will, his desire, um, in, uh, for his Father's will. He said, not my will, Father, but thine be done. And how that's a, a difficult task for us to do, to sacrifice what we want for what God wants. But as Christians, it should be our desire. And we talked last week about sacrificing the old in the past, whether it be something that we look back on as shame and regret or whether it's something we look back with longing and desire. And how we, if we want to move forward with God and do what He wants us to do, be obedient, become the men and women of God that He desires for us to be, then we have to really lay the past at His feet. And that's something that happens daily a lot of times. That we have to continue when it sneaks up on us. We have to continue to, to leave it at God's feet and leave it behind us and leave it in the past. Leave it um, in a place where the enemy enemy can't use it and can't use it against us but that we continue to turn to god and surrender it to him again but today we're going to we're going to finish up this idea of surrender and we're going to talk about surrendering our our unbelief surrender our unbelief so if you'll turn with me over to mark chapter 9 verse 15 through 24 is what we'll read today um today as today is father's day and as we begin to study and pray and seek how this this all turns out you know sometimes the lord leads us just to to kind of do a sermon that kind of is on its own for different holidays you know mother's day father's day easter christmas whatever it may be but as we begin looking at surrender and studying through surrender and, and, and this story you know kind of came to to mind and came up you know i, I began to realize that, that this really just jives with with the idea of father's day but also jives with this idea of surrender and as the lord let us hear and and this is one of my, my the favorite fathers in, in scripture it's not one we talk about i don't even get a name of this man um but i, I love reading about this man this father this example uh, of what a father should be, of what we can be and what we should be and desire to be as a, a father that really replicates and emulates and models um, a life after Christ. Okay, so this is Mark chapter 9, verse 15 through 24. Um, so it reads like this. So it says, All of a sudden, when the whole crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran to greet him. Then he asked them, What are you arguing with them about? Out of the crowd, one man answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. Wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, You unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. So they brought him to him. When the spirit saw him, it immediately convulsed the boy. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked his father. From childhood, he said. And many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can, do anything. Have compassion on us and help us. Then Jesus said to him, If you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. Immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe. Help my unbelief my unbelief we're going to talk about this idea of of unbelief of trusting god today um and, and just really putting all of our trust all of our hope all of our expectations putting it in in, in god you know there's this saying that we grow up don't put all your eggs in the same basket they use it and maybe you know you're investing you know you want to invest in different companies and different stocks and maybe you want to diversify and you invest in you know you invest in property and you invest in all kinds of maybe gold or silver now. Maybe you did, you know, some of the cryptocurrency or whatnot. You just diversifying your investments so not everything's in the same basket. 
because the idea is if something happens to the basket, you don't want to lose everything. You want to still have something to hold on to. But today I want, to, I want us to understand that when it comes to our spiritual walk with Christ and everything in our life, that we need to put all of our eggs in the same basket. All of our trust, all of our hope, all of our belief, everything needs to be founded and based in Christ, in our relationship, in our relationship with Him. You know, I, as we read here and we read this story, one thing stands out to me, um, and that is that the Father like many of us, ask the wrong question, okay? In the scripture, we find a father that's desperately seeking some help for his son. Just as any other father here today, if their child was in some kind of danger, in some kind of health situation, in some kind of dire need, whether they've done something wrong and they, they need help or, or to get out of the situation, whether they be sick and they need some kind of, of special medicine or whatnot, whatever it may be, any father amongst us, I believe, would do whatever they could to go out and, and, and find a way for their child to, to receive what they need, just as this father did. He was desperately searching for some answer, for some way, going to great extents to find a way to have his, his kid healed from what he was dealing with. I remember when, when Tara was pregnant with Harper. I Many of you remember this too. It was one of the early scans when the bones had started, you know, um, forming and everything in, in the womb. And, and, and she was kind of growing size and anything like that. And we went for one of the ultrasounds and... And something looked off. The, the coloring or the density of some, some of the things looked wrong. Like they, I think they were, they were afraid that some you know, internal organs were hardening and turning into bone that, that shouldn't have been. I, I don't understand all the science of it. Still don't today. But something like that was going on. And they began to send us for tests. And they began to, to send us to, to high-risk pregnancy places and see specialists and stuff like that. And continue to have tests and more scans done and more things looked at. And, and as a father and as a mother, we, we begin to, to look for answers, to try to understand what it was that was going on, to understand what might happen, what might come of this situation, to understand what we should expect. What can we expect to happen? Can we expect a healthy pregnancy after this? Can we expect a healthy child? Should we expect the worst? Should we expect bad things coming from this? You know, looking at what options are out there to help with some of the things that they were talking about. You know, we, we were searching, we were looking for an answer, looking for some option, something out there to give us some clarity and some peace of mind, really, about what was going on. It was beyond our control. I reckon we didn't know what to do. And, and many of you probably remember, they came in day, we came in brokenhearted, grieving, and, and had, had you in the church and had everybody come up and, and pray with us about that situation and pray. Pray that God would just move in that and, and, count, and rectify things, make things well, make things right, make the pregnancy go well. And I'm thankful, I'm, I'm so grateful that, that God worked it that way. He, he saw fit to, to move in, in that situation and, and, and help with that. We came trusting and, and believing, but that mindset that we had of searching for answers, of desperately looking for some option, for peace of mind, for some resolution, for something to solve this situation, that was the same mindset that this man came to Jesus with that day. He came looking for something, for hope. Went to the disciples, and, and Henry said, you know, if you pick up, when you pick up this scripture and start there, they were fussing with some of the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees about what was going on and, and what should be done with this boy and everything because the disciples couldn't cast this thing out. They couldn't heal the boy. And, and the scribes and the Pharisees, they couldn't do nothing. They were just giving their answers. And here Jesus comes up, and here this man is. He, he comes to him. And we have to detail his situation like many of us have in our prayer life. Detailed everything. Laying it all out for God. 
And he asked this question, this, this question that as I, as, I, as I read it, it just really, it just really struck me. In verses 22 through 23, we'll read that again. It reads, And many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. This is the thing. So to underline it. If you can. If you can. There's a phrase that if is the biggest word in the English dictionary. In the English language, right? If. If holds a lot of potential behind it. It also holds a lot of heartache behind it. If uh, has a, a lot of weight when we use it, especially in a situation like this. If you can. If can mean a lot of different things in whatever situation it's in. But in this situation, in cases like this, it, it really brings into question ability. If you can. If you can do something. If you can do something. Have you ever went up to somebody with that you thought had power or something and, and you've asked them, if you can help, please do. We see that a lot of times with nonprofits. If you can give something, give something. It's questioning your ability to do it. If you can, give it. If you can't, don't. That's what this man said. If you can do anything. He just had the disciples fail him. The leader, the, the, the one that, that, that Jesus had talked to and witnessed to and led and, and developed and helped mature, these were the ones he went to them and they couldn't do anything. The Sadducees and the Pharisees and all the scribes, the ones that were the most well-taught, well-educated people in society at that day, all they had was just probably answers. They just wanted to argue and fight about what to do. They didn't have no solution. So no doubt he comes to Jesus and says, If you can help, if you can, if you can. And reading this scripture, knowing that I've asked that question in my life in situations of God and other people, realize, I realize that, that that is the wrong question. If you can is not the correct question to bring to the Father. Instead of asking if you can, once again, let's jump back to a couple weeks ago where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, if it be your will. And those are the two questions that we will always be faced with asking. If you can, or if it be your, your will. What we as Christians must understand and come to the terms and, and, and acknowledgement of is that Christ and God, the, the Godhead, the Trinity, whoever you want to define them, are capable of doing anything and everything. Amen. They are the power that created and brought everything into existence at the, at cre, at the existence at the beginning of creation. In Genesis it says that He spoke and there was light and there was form and, and there was life and all these things that took the very dirt of the ground and molded mankind into existence. Capable of abundantly anything and everything we could ask. The question isn't if you can. That is not the question. There is nothing that we can bring before God and say, if you can do something, do it. Because that's not the question. You can come to me and ask me, if you can do something, Jacob, would you do it? And there, might, there will no doubt be an abundance of situations where I can do nothing about that. I need you to pay off my mortgage, Jacob. Well, that's good and fine, but I can't do that, buddy. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to, to build something. That's not my gifting. I need you, you know, whatever it may be. And I can't. You might go to your father, the person that you have utmost 
confidence in and respect for and ask them, I need you to help me in this situation if you can. And the reality is that there will be situations where they just really can't. I can't do anything for you, buddy. I can't help you with that. I I can't figure that out for you. You're going to have to figure that out in your own deacons and leaders and mentors. The President of the United States, the greatest leader, whatever it is, in the situation in your community, in your event, whatever it may be, the people that you trust, the people that you have faith in, no matter who it is, whoever you go to on this earth, you can ask them if you can. And there will come a time where something that you ask them, they will be unable to accomplish and to fulfill for you. But we should never go to God with the mentality of, if you can. Because He always can. Do anything, abundantly anything, more than we can even comprehend or think to ask. He can do it. The question is, if it be your will. If it be your will. And we as Christians, we have to come to a place where you know, we, we have so much trust in the Father, so much trust in Christ, so much trust in the, the Godhead and the Holy Spirit working within us that we understand that anything is possible, but we know to trust Him enough to put it in His hands to do with what He would do. And there's not many people, and I'm sure I've referenced this before, there's not many people in my life that I would just wholeheartedly trust my finances with, that I would just give the, my information to my bank account and say, here, I want you to do what, you, what needs to be done. You, you see my bills, you see what I owe, you see what I have, you see what I take in, you see what I need to buy food, you see this, this, and that, and, I, and just completely lay it at their feet. And say, take care of it. Do what you need to with it. I trust you to do that. But we as Christians must come to that place of total belief and trust in the knowledge and the power and the authority of God that we are able just to say, if it be your will, here it is. Right. I know you can do it. That's not the question. I know you have the power. That's not what I'm bringing up. I know you can do something like this. I've seen you do it before. We've read in Scripture. The Bible says you created earth and mankind still figuring out how to, to make things each and every day. And we're still far behind and lacking in any kind of knowledge or wisdom of whatever God was able to do at the beginning of creation. I know you can do it. But you do what is best. You do what is best for me. What you know is best for me. And you do what fits within the plan that you have for my life and the life of those around me. You know, and there's a, a lot of reasons that we can come up with um, of why we have unbelief, of why we may doubt, of why we may question things, of why we may wonder if God is listening, if God is working, if God is doing anything, if He is able. We'll talk about those in a minute. But the reality is, is that we have to come to the place in our walk with Christ that all, all the unbelief that we have, all the doubt that we have, all the concerns that we carry about if, if His ability to do something, we surrender at the feet of Christ. Because there comes a point in your life where if you are constantly questioning the ability of God to do something, then you really begin to question His divinity at all. And the enemy can continue to whittle that down. Well, if we can't do that, then he can't do this. If we can't do that, he can't do this. If we can't do that, then he can't do this. Till what you truly trust God in is a limited and narrow sphere of your life. We must trust him and understand and believe that he can do anything. And everything. Anything and everything. 
So we see this man, he asks the question, if you can do anything, have compassion on us in hell. And Jesus, he kind of turns it on him. He says, if you can, questions that. He, he points out that phrase, if you can, like what are you talking about? Everything is possible to the one who believes. But this man had some troubles with his belief, just like I do, and just like each and every one of us do. So let's talk about my unbelief. You know, it might seem like a strange idea, but Christians quite often struggle believing and trusting God in every area of their life. It it seems common sense that people that don't believe in Jesus wouldn't trust Him. It seems common sense that people that aren't saved wouldn't trust Him. It seems pretty to make sense that people that might be atheist or agnostic or don't believe in God wouldn't trust in something they don't believe in. But you would think that Christians, the one that, that believe in Him as the creator of the universe, the one that believe in Him as the Savior of the world, the one that believe in Him that He is the, the Son of God, that He came lived on this earth for 33 and some years, and then died three days later was resurrected, and that He ascended into heaven, and that He's sitting there on the right hand of the Father making intercessions for you and me. You would think that those people that believe that would trust Him in, in every area of our life, but in reality, we fail to do that. In reality, the areas of our life that really, really, really have unquestioned belief and trust in God are few and far between. We'll trust Him to save us. We'll come to an altar, or maybe meet with somebody in quiet time, or maybe we're private and we're, you know, and everything in the closet, and we're we're praying and talking to the Lord, and and we're having our quiet time, and the Lord reveals Himself to us. And we we believe Him to be our Savior. We give our life over to Him. We trust Him to save us. We trust Him to keep us. We trust Him to hold us close and to and to, to be our Savior when things come to an end and, and we stand at the end of time at judgment that, that he, will, he will say, this is my child, my beloved, the one that I love, the one I sacrificed my life for, the one that I've chosen, He has chosen me. We believe in that. But then maybe any number of other areas we have a lack of, of trust and belief in our heart certain things. So why do we not trust Jesus in certain areas of our life? Why do we have unbelief with certain circumstances and situations? There are many different reasons. Maybe you were raised in a house and, and daddy or mommy just wasn't a trusting person. They didn't trust no one, so you don't trust no one. Maybe you grew up and throughout life you put your faith in your family. You put your faith in your friends and and they failed you. They let you down. You you went to them for help and they didn't do anything. Even when they were able to. You you were struggling. You were needing some kind of, of, of somebody to just come by and be there for you. And they weren't there. So if you can't trust family and friends, you're not going to put your trust in God. Maybe you did put your trust in God. And you cried out to Him. And with a specific request. And He moved. But maybe He moved in a way that you really didn't notice. Or maybe he moved in a way that wasn't didn't align with what you really asked. And it really didn't line up with what you were desiring in that situation. And now you won't trust him again because he doesn't want to he won't do what I want him to do. He won't do what I need. Even though he is working in ways and fashions that are beyond our ways and ideas. Maybe you are in this situation where you have an inflated idea of yourself. This one's where kind of us men and the fathers, we have to really evaluate our lives. That we, we think so greatly of ourselves that I don't need to put any kind of trust or faith or belief in anybody else 
to take care of my situations. If my family's having a hard time, I can just work harder and make it better. If the kids need help, then I can figure out some way to figure it out. If they need medicine, I'll do something to get the medicine. If something's going on in my marriage, we'll figure it out. We think that we can do anything and everything. And this idea often goes hand in hand with pride. It oftentimes goes hand in hand with this idea that trusting in anybody beside yourself is a sign of weakness. That you're weak if you need somebody else. That you're weak if you need to put your faith in somebody else. That you're not good enough, you're not man enough, you're not, you're not a good enough father if you have to put your faith and trust in some other figure, some other person, some other entity. If you can't do it on your own, there's something wrong with you as a dad. There's something wrong with you as a father. And that is not accurate nor true. But these are the realities and, and different reasons, plus many others, of why we as people of God, why we as fathers and mothers and whatever role we feel in our families, why we doubt and have unbelief about God in certain areas in our life. You know, and, and just like the man in the Scripture, he sees that same thing in his life. I love this verse. We quote this verse all the time. We hear it talked about. But Mark 9, 24, where he says, Immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. We must come to a place where we admit that we have unbelief, that we do not trust God, that we have we doubt God in certain areas and places in, my, in our lives. He says, I do believe. I wouldn't be here right now if I didn't have some level of belief. You probably wouldn't be in church right now if you didn't have some level of belief. You wouldn't come to church at all if you didn't have some level of belief. You wouldn't say you're a Christian if you didn't have some level of belief. But here is where he admits it. He says, yeah, I came and I've got some belief. I believe a little bit about you, but there is some unbelief that has been left in my life that I've not dealt with yet. And we as Christians must admit when we see areas in our life where we're like, yeah, I believe you, Lord. But in this area of life, I just, I still have some doubt. In this area of my life, I still don't trust you completely. In this area of my life, there's still unbelief. Help my unbelief. We act like sometimes that we get it mixed up that once we're saved that God stopped working on us. Now, whatever He does and changes in that moment is all that He will do. But He desires to continue to work on us. Continue to mold us and make us into His image. And we might embrace Him as our Savior and believe Him for that. But as we continue our walk in relationship with Him, we must surrender other areas of our life. We must surrender our marriage. We must surrender our children. We must surrender our health in our finances, in our job, in our career, our future, our present, our home life, whatever it may be, we must surrender all of that that we might not trust God with right now, that we might not believe Him in right now, that we might, not, we might still have doubt that He will do what's best for me in that situation. We must surrender those to Him as we go through this process. As we go through this walk with Him, as we become, as we desire to become more like the men and women of God that He wants to make us into be, that requires us to surrender every part of us. Scripture says in one place to, to love Him with all our hearts, all our mind, and all our, all our soul. Every part of us. 
That entails that we must surrender every part of us to Him. But we have to get to that place. We have to get to that mindset. We have to get to that point where like whatever it is, Lord, I surrender to You. I believe You to, and I trust You to take this part too. To take this piece too. To do what's right with this too. To do what's best with this too. And it's difficult we must ask yourself, are you okay with having unbelief in your heart? Are you okay with doubting God with certain areas of your life? Are you okay with bearing that weight by yourself? Are you okay with carrying that burden by yourself? Are you okay with dealing with that situation by yourself? You turn everything else to Him, but you're holding on to your marriage, and you're the only one that's going to do make decisions in that. Are you okay with turning that over to God, or are you okay with having doubt in that? You're okay with everything else, but your kids, you're going to choose what happens with their life. You're going to do what needs to be done with their life. And I'm not going to trust God with my child's raising. I'm not going to do anything about that with that. Do you, do you trust yourself enough? Or are you okay with having unbelief in your life and holding on to that yourself? And we have to ask those questions. Are you okay with having unbelief in certain areas of your life and not giving it and turning it over and surrendering it to God? But we must realize... We must realize that we have to go to the source. To the source of all help and all benefit. And this is the verse in verse 19. This is Christ speaking. He says, He replied to them, You unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Unbelieving generation. So he's calling out. He says, even to the disciples that are standing there, that he's been ministered to and for some time now, that have already previously, if you continue to read the story, they've already previously cast out things. They've already previously healed people. They've already done some mighty works themselves already through the power of Christ. And here he is. He's calling them an unbelieving generation. The disciples, he's grooving them in with this. He's not just singling out this one man. He's saying, all y'all in attendance. You ever sat in a classroom and, and the teacher just says, all y'all messing up. And you can't point your finger at Billy or Joe or whatever it is. You know you're part of that too. The disciples are part of this too. He says, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. Bring him to me. What he's saying, surrender that part too. Let go of that part too. Trust me with that part too. Don't doubt me in that situation. Don't have unbelief in that circumstance. Trust me here. Surrender all your unbelief, all your doubt, all your concerns, all your trust issues about this situation. Give it all. Surrender that and just bring Him to me. My kids are in a bad place, Lord. Bring Him to me. My marriage is crumbling, Lord. Bring it to me. My health has never been worse. Bring it to me. I've done everything I can, Lord. I've looked and I've looked and I've looked and I've exhausted all of my resources and all that I have. Bring it to me. There's nothing else I can do. Bring it to me me. Lay aside all the issues of 
unbelief and doubt and concern and lack of trust and bring it to me. Don't say that you still have to be involved in the decision making. That he has to okay something with you before he can do it. Just bring it to me. Surrender all that doubt and all that unbelief. You're Christian and you've been raised in church. You've been in church for a long time and you love the Lord and you'll serve Him, but you just have some unbelief. You just don't believe that He will do what's necessary. and You don't believe that He can fix this. He can't do anything with it. Surrender that unbelief and bring it to me. He's here. And He never says and closes the door and puts up the closed sign and says, you can't come right now. He says, I'm here. I'm right here. I've come and I've showed up. You came this far. You came looking for something. There's a little bit of belief there. Surrender the rest and just bring it to me. And lay it at my feet. Surrendering is so hard in any part of our life. I talked with the first sermon in this series that we oftentimes think of surrendering as losing through a negative connotation and a a dim lens that that it's bad to surrender. But in our relationship with Christ, the best thing for us sometimes is to just surrender it all. All the unbelief and all the doubt and just bring it to me. He's not just speaking to this one man. He's talking to everybody there that's gathered. And He's talking to everybody since that has read that Scripture. And whatever it is, all the doubt that you have, all the concerns that you have, you can trust Me. Bring it to Me. I don't know what everybody's going through. I don't keep a pulse on everybody's situation and and everything they're going through. I mean, I, I don't know everything that you do behind closed doors. I don't know everything that you face. I don't know the phone call that you got this week. I don't know the conversation you had with family this week. I don't know those things, but God does. And He sees you, and He sees where you're at, and He sees your doubt, and He sees your unbelief. But He also sees that there's a part of you, and there's a part of you that trusts Him or you wouldn't even be here. There's a part of you that believes in Him or you wouldn't even darken the door. There's a part of you that, that knows that they can, you can count on Him or you wouldn't say He's your Savior and He's your Lord. And He sees that. And He says, bring the rest, all of it, to Me. So whatever it is that you have, whatever it is that you carry, whatever it is that you hold today that you're bearing and trying to to get through life, get through this situation, get through that thing on your own to fix it myself. I'm a father like no other father. I'm going to do this. I'm a man's man. I'm going to toughen up and I'm going to make it through this. Just go ahead and surrender it all to Him. All the unbelief and all the doubt. You don't have to do it on your own. You can believe Him. You can trust Him not just with your salvation and your eternal life, but each and every moment that you walk here on this earth, you can trust Him. You can trust Him. So this time, if you 